Hey guys, it's Lisa, and you're listening to What's Next with Lisa. Today is July 27th, 2020. Welcome to episode 24. And today I am coming fresh off of a four-part series on attachment styles. So we talked a lot about how people attach in relationships, what that looks like, and how to work through it. And today I want to switch things up a bit, and I want to talk about something that I've been getting asked a lot about via email and direct message and a lot of in my private practice about, and that is grief. And I've had a lot of people asking me, how do they grieve and when will it feel better and how do they know if they're doing it right? I think that we're seeing a very different time in our world. And the one constant theme that I've been seeing in private practice and getting messages from you guys is that I'm seeing a lot of loss. And there's a lot of grieving going on and people don't exactly know how to do that or if they should be grieving. And I'm not just talking about the loss of a loved one or a family member. I'm talking about the loss of dreams, the loss of a job, the loss of plans or a relationship. Those are all really significant things that are difficult to grieve. So I want to start to go through that grief process and hopefully try to soften the next steps in your journey. Grieving is a very hard thing and it's a very personal journey. So we'll get into that and hopefully, like I said, make the next steps of your journey and and where you go next a little bit softer. But before we get into that, let's get over to the official what's next question and answer. Hey, what's next? Okay, empty nexters. So today's question is all about uh, secure attachment. And like I said in the intro, I just came off a four-part series talking about attachment styles in relationships. And the last episode I did was the grand finale of what a secure attachment actually looks like and how do you get one and how do you take care of it. And if I skipped over this in the podcast, when I went back through and looked at the notes, I thought, yeah, I think I did. So thank you for asking this question. And the question is, hi, Lisa, I don't know many people who don't have some sort of emotional baggage from childhood. What kind of childhood leads to someone being able to actually securely attach? Which I think this is an amazing question because a lot of times as adults, we get really good at looking at things that we do wrong or really good at looking at our childhoods and our past and saying, well, this is my problem or this is why I can't securely attach. And let me be clear, every attachment style I talked about, you can work through and securely attach to somebody. It is absolutely possible. But that being said, yeah, there are a lot of people who have childhoods that, of course, maybe weren't perfect, but they still have the ability to securely attach. So I'm not saying we need perfection here. I'm just saying that there are childhoods who, there are children who grow up in homes that are supportive and not perfect, but they can still securely attach. So let's talk about it. Children with a secure attachment, let's talk about what they look like as children. They might show a little bit of distress when their parents leave or like so when they drop them off at school, you know, they might cry and not want them to go, but they're able to compose themselves and they trust, which is a big thing here, they trust that their caregiver will return. So they feel protected and safe. 
and they trust that they can depend on their parents or caregivers to return. So these are kids who feel secure and safe from a really young age, but more so than secure and safe, they feel heard and understood and like they can be themselves. And that's a really big thing that I want to make note of. It's not something that parents say. It's not verbiage. It's a feeling that kids get when they're young that allows them to grow up and be confident enough in themselves and the world around them to securely attach. So if they feel heard and understood and safe and in a trusting environment, they're definitely more inclined to go out in the world with a curious spirit and having enough confidence in themselves to not really you know, need anyone to fix them or complete them. And they're confident in themselves. They know what a catch they are. They are empowered. So that's the kind of childhood that leads to a secure attachment. It's one that creates a feeling of trust. It creates a feeling of security. And keep in mind that I keep saying feeling because that doesn't mean that their parents were perfect. That doesn't mean that their parents didn't do things that that didn't affect them or upset them or make them feel bad, but it means the overall feeling is security and an acceptance of who they are and support and trust. And that's what leads to somebody being confident and curious enough to go out in the world and be the chooser, not the chosen. They're empowered. So I hope that helps. If you guys have questions, email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram or Twitter at whatsnextwithlisa. Email me your questions. I love your feedback. I love reading your questions. And I want to know what kind of show topics you want to hear. What are you looking for some support with? I'd be happy to help. So let's get on to today's episode. And as I said, I really want to take some time here and go through the grief process and try to answer some questions that I've been getting a lot of in my inbox and see if that can help a person or two. And I also want to be clear that when we talk about grief, I'm not just talking about the death of a loved one. I'm talking about grieving things that that include loss. So that can be a job, that can be a dream that needed to change, that can be a relationship. That can be any kind of loss that you need to process and work through that you either weren't expecting or didn't see coming or didn't want. Um, And so it's a really intense feeling and it's something that's a very personal journey to everyone. So I don't want this podcast to be like the new handbook of grieving. I want this to be a personal journey for you. And if you have questions, like I said, send me an email. Let me know what you need some help with. And I'd be happy to either address it on the air or personally with you via email. And I would tell you that it's, you know, it's one of those things that I think we are living in a world where there is more loss than ever right now. And there's a lot of loss of future plans and family members and dreams and jobs and relationships and so many things that we held near and dear to us that we just didn't see coming and that we didn't want to lose, but we did. And I can tell you that an overwhelming idea of grieving is that there's like this right or wrong way to do it. And, you know, kind of like if you check all the boxes, you'll get past all of the stages and then you know you'll feel better and I what I want you to hear from me today in this podcast is that's just not really true I I 
identify with the five stages and I understand them. However, I want you to be careful about painting yourself with that brush of saying, I'm going to go through these stages and then I'm going to feel better because there's really no right or wrong way to do this. And while a lot of us will go through similar stages, hear me when I say that it's a very personal thing regarding how you do it and in what order you do things. So I want to talk about those stages a little bit and I will also I always say I want to start with what I know for sure and the one thing I know for sure is that grief and the growth that comes from grief over time they're not linear so you're going to have good moments and good days and you're going to have bad moments and bad days and a bad day does not erase the good stuff so good feelings and bad feelings can coexist and I think that to grieve properly, it's really essential for you to open your mind and your heart to letting the good feelings in uh, as well as the bad when they need to come in. Something I always say is that feelings are like visitors. You've got to let them come in before they can leave. And I think a lot of times we sort of have this idea that if I'm having a bad day or if I'm grieving the loss of someone, I shouldn't feel good. And that's just not true. I think you've got to be brave enough to let the good and the bad coexist and learn to have a relationship with the bad or negative feelings as well as the good positive feelings. And I think that on some level deep in our hearts, we all know loss. We all know that it's a part of life, that death and relationships ending and dreams not coming true. I think on a On a deeper level, we get that that's part of life. And just because your brain can understand that and say like, oh yeah, that's a part of life, it doesn't mean that your hearts are ready to connect with that. And so I think that's a really important thing is that letting your heart have the time to catch up to what your brain already knows is essential to grieving. And Just because we want our hearts to catch up with what our brain already knows doesn't mean that they're ready to. You're not quite ready to accept this loss and that's okay and that's where the grieving process comes in. And so you have to recognize that when something or someone that you value and love is taken away, that's when you mourn and grieve and it's completely normal and natural to have really intense periods of sadness or confusion or anger Uh, emotional pain that's really difficult to understand because a lot of times it can feel so intense. It's so intense. And the main theme a lot of the times is that any control that you had about this person or this dream moving forward is taken away from you. And so it's a re it can grief can be a really out of control feeling and it can take on, you know, it can really take such a toll in a lot of cases. And it's, it's like, I guess a common known theory that I talked about a little bit ago that there are these five stages of grief that we hear a lot about. You can Google it. They pop up everywhere. And those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. And here's here's the problem I have with this is that while a lot of people go through these stages, I don't want to take that away from anybody. 
I think what it does is it puts a pressure on you to say, am I doing this right or wrong? Am I in the right stage? If I go through this, I'm going to be good. And so you're kind of going through the motions or thinking if I check all these boxes, I'm going to get where I need to go. And like I said, some people will fit these to a T, but I think that it's really gosh, kind of misguided to put this process into such simple terms because it, it can be such an in, intense emotional journey. So I want to go through my opinion on things and what I try to encourage the people in my life and, and the clients in my private practice to look at grieving as, and hopefully that helps you. And the one thing I can tell you I also know for sure is that I think it's it grieving looks a lot less like organized stages and much more like an up and down roller coaster. It, grieving is not organized. It's not a process in which you can just check the boxes. It's up and down. It's good and bad. And quite frankly, it's what it needs to be. And the problem with the stages is that it really it kind of infers that there's like this linear process, right? That there's a right or wrong way to do it. So it leads people who are typically feeling more lost or more depressed down another path that's going to make them feel even worse about themselves because maybe they're going to go through these boxes and they're like, oh, I'm ready to move on to the next step and then it doesn't feel better. So really, I think a lot of times it has a tendency to make people feel worse. And so what I want to talk about is a few things that will help you kind of take the pressure off of yourself and soften the approach to yourself while you're grieving a loss because that is so incredibly important. And if you guys have listened to my podcast before, you know that I am a huge advocate of telling you, you are responsible for being soft and kind to yourself. You are responsible for giving yourself the love that you give so many other people. And while some days that's going to feel really hard to do, I want you to push through that discomfort and remember that the the name of the game here is being soft with yourself and giving yourself the grace and the time to get through this how you need to get through it. Not how anyone else says you should get through it or a Google search says you should get through it. I want you to do what you need to do. So the first thing I want to talk about is that I do think it's pretty normal that a lot of people have denial um, or a tendency to romanticize someone's memory or um, the dream's memory or the job that you lost, whatever it is. And that's really your brain's way of protecting you from too much grief at once. Your brain is really smart. Um, it, it knows when you're getting ready to overload yourself and it wants to protect you from too much grief at once, which is why a lot of people are in denial about something when it first happens or they think like if it's a relationship, oh, there's still a chance they'll call me in a few months um, or a few weeks, whatever it is, if it's the loss of a loved one. That denial can come from not really believing that they're gone. And not, and a lot of times that's just you saying, I don't know what to do without this person. I don't want to do this without this person or this thing, this job, this dream, whatever it is. And so that's your brain's way of saying, okay, we're going to be in denial for a little bit and that's okay. I want you to know that that's a normal process of things. And I want you to kind of think about that as a respite or a reset 
that your brain's giving you to prepare for the intense feelings that you will inevitably face at some point. And the only time I would tell you that that's unhealthy is when it becomes the perpetual state in which you exist. So if you're not moving through that and you're trying to avoid it and you're doing things that aren't becoming of you in an attempt to avoid things and push it down and avoid these feelings, that's not a healthy thing. Giving yourself a respite is one thing. Giving yourself a few days to adjust and process what just happened is okay. But living in a constant state of denial, it's not healthy because, guys, the only way through is through. And that doesn't mean that you don't need to stop and take a break every once in a while, but it means at some point you are going to have to face this. And it's a scary thing to have to face. Nobody wants to grieve. Nobody wants to have to face this alone. And so what I want you to remember is you know you've got to trust your gut and know when it's time to start to face these feelings and you can do this. You can do this. And when you come out on the other side, I'm going to talk to you guys in just a little bit about how to feel empowered through that. And so the second thing I want to bring up and and remind you all is that it is normal when things like this happen that you're not prepared for or that aren't fair it's really normal for you to, I think, also start to question your faith and the world around you, maybe the confidence in yourself, maybe the confidence in the people in your lives. And when you lose something or someone that's close to you that you loved and valued, it definitely shakes you and it reminds you of the fragility of time. You, you know, might start to feel guilty or question the fairness of it all. And the truth is, is that you know, the unfortunate harsh reality is that it isn't fair. It's not desirable. It's not okay. And it's heartbreaking. And that the reality is, is it's okay that you're shaken. It's okay that you don't know what to do next. You don't have to have it figured out today, but you do need to give yourself the opportunity to start to process what your new normal is going to look like. Where do you want to go next? What can you do next? And so if you feel shaken, if you feel like you've lost confidence in the world around you or the people in your life, I think a lot of times that's a temporary feeling and it's a really sort of normal feeling because there is anger that happens and it's not fair and it's not desirable and it's just, it's not okay. And it wasn't something that you had planned on or that you wanted. So giving yourself the space to say, I just need a minute to reconcile what's going on around me and find my footing again, please take those moments. You need those moments. And, you know, the good and the thing that I want you to remember too is that good and bad feelings are allowed to coexist. So if you're having a day where you're shaken with the world around you or you're angry, maybe you're you're losing your faith and then maybe in the next moment something happens to make you laugh and you catch yourself laughing and you think I can't be happy right now that's not honoring this this person or this thing that I just lost I need to be sad right now I need to be in this I, you know I, I would tell you that that's not true and you have to remember that I want you to have a relationship with the good feelings as well as the bad feelings. You guys, they're going to coexist. And the more comfortable you are having a relationship and understanding those feelings, 
I think the easier it's going to be for you to move through loss and grief by understanding that it's okay to feel what you're feeling. There's no right emotion or feeling during each stage or each day. You've got to be open to letting them all come in. That's, you know, if you take anything away from this podcast, I would really, really want it to be that, is that when you're grieving, it's okay to have good moments. It's it's okay. It doesn't take anything away from what you've lost. Um, and, and which brings me to my third point is that I want you to remember that acceptance and moving through this, it does take time. And the grieving process and allowing yourself to feel bad emotions and good emotions and to get angry and take an inventory of what it is you want and where you want to go next, that is what leads to acceptance. And there's no good timeline. That being said, though, why I keep saying that this is your journey and I don't want you checking boxes off in stages is because if you don't allow yourself the opportunity to make this your journey and let it be what you need it to be, I think that it's going to feel really disingenuous and unauthentic to you. And you only you know what your heart needs. So you've got to honor that and give it that. It's okay. How one person grieves a loss is probably going to be different than how you grieve a loss. And that's okay. It's okay because it needs to be yours and you need to own it and get to the end of it and say, I know why I felt this way. I understand why I'm feeling this way and this is what I want to do next. And I think, you know, that's how you start to take a little bit of control back in situations that are usually out of your control. And you have to remember that that how you honor this loss moving forward is up to you. And if this is a person that you've lost, I want to remind you that all of the good things they gave you and all of the things you loved about them when they were here with you, they're still in your heart. They're still with you. And you have an opportunity to decide how you want to honor that and what you want that relationship with them to look like moving forward. When somebody leaves this world, their physical body is gone and we miss them immensely and it's not fair and we don't oftentimes know how to keep moving forward. But when you're ready for it, I want you to remember that you have a little more control than you think. And something I recommend to my private practice patients a lot is to actually write them a letter and write them a letter and make it a love letter and thank them for all the wonderful things that they gave you and remember some of the wonderful times and then say goodbye on your terms in the sense that you can let them know what your plans are moving forward. You can let them know that you're going to honor them moving forward and that you'll be checking in with them to talk to them if that's something that you want to do. Remember that loss a lot of times is out of our control but you have a little bit of control over what you do with it and how you proceed and honor that memory and it's not easy but you've got to give yourself the time and the space to grieve it and process it and decide what it is you want to do with it so when you do move on it feels like an empowered genuine process 
And I would also encourage everyone, if you're struggling with loss, to reach out, talk to a counselor, talk to a therapist, your friends, and always, always, always be soft with yourself as you navigate the next steps. You may not do it all right. You may not do everything that you want to do or had envisioned. That's okay. You're human. This is a really difficult time. Be soft with yourself. And I wish that I could tell you exactly how to grieve and feel better. It is your journey though and it's a beautiful journey and how you choose to move forward and honor yourself and the things or the people that you've lost is where the beauty and acceptance start. It's where you start to take a little bit of your power back and it's also a part of your story and your story is a beautiful one filled with highs and lows and it's all yours so please take good care of it. Please take good care of yourselves and take care of each other. And today is a perfect day to ask yourselves what's next. So if you've got questions or if you'd like me to expand upon anything, please email me at whatsnextwithlisa at gmail.com. I am sending positive vibes to all of my listeners and everyone out there. And I want you to know that it will get better and this too shall pass and you're not alone. And I'm thinking of you and I'm here for you. So Feel free to reach out. Until next time, guys, take care of yourselves and each other, and I will talk to you soon. See ya.